In June of 2008, the Midwest experienced a catastrophic flooding event after months of heavy rain. Columbus, Indiana was affected when Haw Creek, a tributary of the Flat Rock River, overflowed. The flooding continued for two weeks, taking two lives and causing half a billion dollars of damage in Columbus alone. Hall Creek runs through the campus of Columbus Regional Hospital, and on the night of June 7th, their patients had to be evacuated and the hospital was closed for over three months. Under the leadership of CEO Jim Beckel and CMO Tom Sonderman, the hospital chose to honor their responsibility to their community in ways that showed remarkable courage. With no revenue coming in, they continued to pay their employees and coordinate the delivery of emergency care in their community. Today we talk with Dr. Tom Sonderman about his experience and the lasting impact it had on his community. Well, thank you for joining us today, Dr. Sonderman. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a little over 10 years since the flood of 2008. So what do you remember most about that experience? Oh well, Kyle. There's so many things that um, that I could that come to mind and and that were so very uh, important. Um, I would say the uh, the the biggest one of the biggest things was that we all. Um, it basically involved the entire healthcare system, you know, everybody in the in the healthcare system, everybody from our board of trustees to hospital senior management to all of our physicians down to every single staff employee. Um, there was a there was a uh, a unity of purpose, um, you know, one kind of you know event that we know we have to do, and that is well, we need to get the hospital reopened. So. That that gave an, a, a tremendous amount of clarity, you know, on you know what at, at that point in time, what was our mission, what did we all need to be working towards, you know, there was there was no ambiguity as far as what was the most important to focus on, you know, if if you were not involved in an activity that helped reopen, you know, our hospital, uh, you probably should, uh, you know, re- reevaluate, you know, that priority because you know we needed all hands on deck um, mm-hmm. to recover from that uh, event of uh, June 7th in um, 2008. So what was the extent, really, uh, of the damage done to the hospital, Dr. Sonner? Um, the extent of the hospital was, was uh, rather uh, remarkable. Um, there's a um, small creek that runs uh, on the western edge of the hospital campus, um, and uh, we had experienced a, a tremendous amount of rain uh, in the two to three weeks prior to June 7th, 2008. Um, and so on um, June, uh, in the afternoon of June 7th of 2008, essentially experienced a flash flood um, from that creek um, that um, uh, flooded onto the hospital campus, uh, actually um, breached down into the basement um, of the hospital facility, and then actually about uh, six to eight inches of water on the first floor um, Mm. of the uh, entire hospital uh, as well. And so um, it basically... Um, knocked out um, 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 a uh, number of mission critical departments, which at that time were uh, housed in the basement. So um, uh, the data center, um, a, uh, a transfer um, switch for municipal electricity um, into our facility, um, pharmacy, um, lab, 
um, uh, central uh, processing for surgery. So that was all completely uh, destroyed, um, and essentially power to the um, uh, to the hospital was cut off, and so um, it, it completely shut us down and necessitated um, evacuation um, of our entire um, hospital. We um, evacuated uh, 157 patients over about a three-hour period um, in the late afternoon and evening of uh, June 7th, 2008. Mm. So how, I know the hospital was closed, I, I forget uh, exactly how long, but um, so how, how long was the hospital closed and, and how did that really impact the community? Um, the hospital closed for about five months, um, right. yeah. so clo- closed in June um, and then reopened uh, in uh, late October. Um, it, it had a tremendous impact on the community, first of all, from the perspective of delivery of medical care. Um, we we were we were we partnered um, with uh, Carolina's Medical Center, um, and actually they deployed uh, their um, Med One mobile emergency department um, to our campus, and so we actually had a functioning emergency department on our campus. You know, throughout most of that um, those months that we were closed, um, but any um, other kind of care, um, any uh, inpatient care, any surgery care, um, most of that. Excuse me, had to be um, sent out to other area hospitals, uh, and so um, basically, other than our emergency physicians um, and to a degree, our radiologists were able to continue to read some films on an outfa- outpatient basis um, here at the um, at the hospital. Um, all other care was really dispersed to uh, air- other hospitals in our area and hospitals in the Indianapolis metro area, um, and our physicians quickly uh, obtained credentials. Uh, at those facilities, um, and th- and they took those patients there for their either you know inpatient hospitalization needs or their surgery needs, whatever the patient need may be. Pretty much, other than emergency care and a and a very small amount of radiology um, work, was pretty much uh, had to be you know those patients had to be sent to the uh, area community. So that's a big impact it had on delivery of medical care here. You know that being that. A community was used to having a hospital, you know, um, in its community for 100 years, and that suddenly came to a very abrupt uh, end, um, mm-hmm. and so that changed where people had to seek care. From the impact on the community as a whole, the hospital is is, a, is the second largest employer the health system is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the economic impact, you know, of um, of us being shut down um, and uh, that you know loss of business revenue, um, you know, our, our you know our employees. Um, you know, receiving a paycheck that had an immense effect on the community. Actually, that was very uh, instrumental in our decision to go ahead and, from our cash reserves, continue to pay uh, employees, even though we were closed and not seeing patients. Mm-hmm. Other than the, you know the staff in the emergency department, we elected to uh, pay our employees for those five months when we were closed because you know we knew that the tremendous impact that it would have on them and their families you know being able to see through this disaster also the economic impact of um basically the second largest employer having its entire workforce essentially um, not able to really spend dollars in the community would have had a big impact economically on the entire you know area uh, mm-hmm. and we knew well 
you know, in healthcare, it's very competitive. People can find jobs, you know, elsewhere. Um, you know, if we were, when it was time for us to reopen, if if a vast majority or a significant, you know, uh, portion of our of our employed uh, folks had found employment elsewhere, um, it's hard to reopen a, a hospital when you don't have any employees. Um, and so that, that that was a very that's a very important, you know, employee retention aspect to continue to pay them. I think that's one of the most tremendous stories that came out of this situation was your commitment to continue paying your employees through the duration of the closure. Um, you alluded to this a little bit, but did you have or does the administration have any major concerns about this decision? I'm sure that was a uh, that might have been a tough pill to swallow uh, at the time. Absolutely. Um, actually, right before this flood occurred, we were planning uh, on building a uh, a $180 million um, uh, addition to the current hospital facility. Um, matter of fact, some work um, on that had already begun. Um, and so we knew that we were going to be, you know, um, really tapping into our um, cash reserves tremendously um, to in order to do this, but in, in the end, uh, you, you know, we made the decision that it's much more important to have to, to keep and retain good people. Um, the people is what really drives you know healthcare. A building is a building, and yes, of course, that's important. But in the end, you know, uh, your people are the most important, um, and so we knew that we needed to keep them uh, retained. Uh, and employed, um, and that they would then be there to help us, you know, rebuild, um, which is in fact uh, what happened. Um, and so it, it was not. Um, I, w- I can't say that it was an easy decision. And you know, nobody has really written a playbook, you know, on um, on how to do this, you, you know, yeah. particularly well. You know, and yeah. you know, unfortunately, you know, the experiences of Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans is probably a good example, also of of health systems that faced a major disaster. And, and how they can attempt to respond and come back from that. You know, ours was not a hurricane; it was a flood. Um, but the challenges were remarkably um, similar. Um, you know, and the decisions that you have to make. You know, there's there's not really a, a playbook you can go to, to to have anybody lead you lead you through this. That's interesting. So, um, what pops out in my mind, or what sticks out to me, is how this or how that decision. Uh, would resonate or kind of reverberate in your employee community. Uh, What kind of impact do you think that decision had uh, with your employees? Uh, I think it was tremendous. You know, it it um, the employees were shown in, in a very real fashion that um, that the institution, the leadership of the institution, the board of trustees, you know, who are essentially responsible for ultimately all the decisions within the um, the institution, that we were behind them, we needed them, we all needed to be in this together, um, mm-hmm. and that you know we weren't we were not going to be able to you know bring our hospital back unless we were all working together, you know, rowing in the same direction, and we had a common pur- purpose uh, and goal, which was to get the hospital reopened, you know, uh, as quickly as possible, you know, to be able to take care of patients. And so, I think that um, that feeling, that um, that that um, 
feeling of, of value that I'm, I hope that the employees felt from that, uh, I think ca- has carried on for years and even to this day um, reflect a big part of, um, um, you know, of, of if you're a Columbus Regional Health employee, particularly if you went through that, you know, challenge back at that time, you know, that that's uh, that's kind of a life changing thing, you know, and, and it and it um, affects the way that you view things and how you view challenges. Um, I think for a long time, and I think we still, uh, you know, in a w- weird way, it, it was a disaster. But in a weird way, you still benefit from the fact that everybody had to had to pull together, um, and that esprit de corps still exists. Mm. Well, what about the community? Uh, also, I was sure that they heard about this gesture, and it probably again, reverberated uh, in the community. Uh, what kind of impact do you believe that that gesture had uh, to uh, in your community? Um, I think it had a, also a very big impact, not only just from people learning about it and knowing about it and saying, you know, or knowing, oh, wow, you know, that that's a, an employer that's really taking care of, of their employees. Um, we actually, you know, since we did ha- have all of our staff and we elected to pay them, but we didn't have uh, a hospital in, in many ways that people's normal job, you know, we didn't really need them for. Um, so we redeployed um, hundreds of people into the community, um, you know, to assist, you know, so whether that was, you know, assisting at, you know, um, Goodwill or, you know, um, other uh, philanthropic organizations, um, you know, our social workers, you know, being, you know, being deployed, you know, to help, you know, local um, agencies, you know, with vulnerable populations. Um, You know, we did a lot of redeployment within the community, um, you know, know, and those, those people helped uh, those agencies, um, you know, and so that had a lot of goodwill in the community, I think, where we took our talented people and we could redeploy them, you know, into uh, uh, other agencies in the community that really, you know, serve as the uh, the safety net, you know, for the society and the most vulnerable in our society. Uh, I think that was seen as a really wonderful uh, goodwill gesture on the part of the hospital, even though we were going through kind of a disaster ourselves. We were actually able to help people um, in the midst of that. Well, Dr. Salmon, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story today, uh, you know, in closing, is there any thoughts or any way that you think that um, other healthcare leaders uh, can learn from your experience and, uh, and anything that they might be able to take away uh, from, from the outcomes and, you know, the experience and also the outcomes uh, that, you, uh, that you've been through? One of the biggest things, Kyle, I would say is that um, oftentimes in disaster planning, you know, um, you involve yourself in a, in a disaster planning exercise where, you know, usually um, the health system is, is the recipient of, you know, some kind of tragedy or a mass casualty event. And, and you usually practice like um, um, the instances where there's a huge patient surge to your facility in some manner. What people do not practice or think about very often is what happens when the hospital or the health system is actually the victim of the of the disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that has 
that has been very dramatic, you know, in, in telling, you know, um, our story for people to say, you know, oh my, you know, uh, how do you plan for, if you're the victim, how do you plan for um, business continuity? You know, are you ready with business continuity? If if you had major mission critical services that were interrupted, um, who who could help provide those for you? You know, if 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 your data center is currently located in a very vulnerable area, you know, um, like the basement where you could in, you could have flooding. Um, you know, some of this sounds kind of obvious when you talk about it, but you know, some of those mission critical services, if they are in vulnerable locations, you have to think very critically about whether they could be moved to safer environments. And then, you know, what what would be your backup plan if if you know if a large number of mission critical services went down. Um, you know, we we don't often practice um, those scenarios or think about those scenarios where, well, what happens if we're not, there, you know, if it's not just that we're the recipient of a large insurgence of patients, but what if uh, what if we are the victim of the disaster? You know, um, what's our plan? You know, for addressing that. That was probably one of the biggest. Um, reasons why other health systems um, sought uh, me and other leaders out in those um, months and years following 2008 when they were doing their own disaster planning and they would invite us in to tell that story. And they were doing it with a particular mind of, you know, um, wow, given the Columbus uh, experience, have we thought about and planned enough about what would we do if we were actually uh, impacted, you know, by any event like that? So that would probably be my biggest takeaway for hospital leaders, you know, health system leaders, um, is um, think very critically if if your health system is prepared, if, if you were actually the victim of an event. Well, that's just terrific. Uh, thanks for your time today, Dr. Sonderman. We appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Great, Kyle. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Courage in Healthcare. I would like to again thank Dr. Sonderman of Columbus Regional Health for sharing his story with us today. I hope it helps inspire and encourages other healthcare leaders on the front lines. If you have a story to tell and would like to share it with us, please let us know. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Kyle Worthy with Maxworth Consulting Group.